Before we get started with today's episode, I do want to note that we will be talking about mental health for creatives and some topics could be triggering. Welcome to the Life is Creatives podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have Rosie Chong with me. Rosie is from Australia, and she is a social media strategist and influencer. So welcome, Rosie. Hello. Thank you for having me. I can't believe you introduced me as an influencer. That's just like my childhood (laughs) dreams come true. (laughs) You are, though. That's so nice. I, it's so weird because I've never considered myself an influencer. If anything, I'm like, maybe I'm a creator. But I, it's just this weird imposter syndrome. I almost like refuse to believe that it's actually a thing. But I mean, I, I work with brands. So is, I feel like that's like the definition of being an influencer, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, especially on LinkedIn too. Like how many followers do you have? Um, I think 25,000. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> a lot of people which is terrifying every time I post content I always think oh no one will really see this it'll be like 10 people that see it I kind of forget that there's such a big community and it's honestly just surreal I'm like what are these people doing following me like I love it and I (laughs) I love creating content and I mean they obviously get value out of it but again the imposter syndrome I'm just like that's a lot of people Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Um, me and Rosie actually met on TikTok. So you were oh, on my yes. For You page. And That's we wild. started following each other and probably, what, months ago. And then probably a few weeks ago was the first time we even had a virtual coffee chat. We were like, we should actually connect and have a conversation somewhat face-to-face. I know. I I think it took us literally until probably the last month to actually like probably properly message and not just respond to each other in like comments on TikTok or oh, respond yeah. to each other's you know DM reactions or something no yeah I literally did I don't know I remember thinking like when I started doing virtual coffee chats I was like why have I never asked her to do this we literally talk all the time on social media such a weird world and I now understand how people have influencer friends I mean there's so many I guess, OG YouTubers and influencers who kind of were part of the original rise of the influencer who were like, yeah, we met online. She lives in LA. I live in New York, but we've never met. I was like, that's so weird. And now that I do social media, I'm like, ah, it's not weird. It's normal. (laughs) I know. I feel like I have been doing so much socializing lately. And then I realized like, a lot of these things are not happening in person. It's all online, but I'm having so many <laughs> conversations with people that I feel like I am. Oh my God, I feel that. I don't actually know the last time I did a proper networking in-person event or coffee with a stranger. Whereas the amount of calls that I do every week with people I meet on LinkedIn or TikTok, it's, it's just insane. Oh yeah. I mean, we just did our first in-person work event a couple weeks ago in New York, but prior to that, Oh my gosh, it might have been since college that I did anything because after COVID, like everything kind of just didn't happen anymore. That's crazy. It's such a, such a weird last sort of what, two and a half years? Like, oh yeah. I mean, it's like the world changed completely. It's just like crazy. Like I, I even think about my day to day life and I think about how it used to be in person. And I'm like, I was actually thinking about this, uh, earlier today when I was in the kitchen I was making food and I was like you know I don't think that I would be moving as quickly as I am now if we were in person because online just gives you so much more opportunity to do so much more but I also think that's a really good connection to what we're talking about today with mental health because you're doing so much more and you're not taking as many breaks whereas I could never do several meetings, actually do my work and do a podcast episode all in the same day if I had to be in person and drive and travel to all of these things. I know I used to work sort of pre-COVID I was working in sales and a lot of the meetings, client meetings that we do would be in person. It's like, okay, we got to spend half an hour getting there. Okay, we'll then be there for 45 minutes to an hour in person to make it worth it. Cool. Then we have another half an hour, travel back to the office or back to wherever we were. And now it's just like, back to back to back to back meetings which on a whole separate conversation can be exhausting I guess the whole working from home thing but wow the amount of time I've saved not commuting to every single client is insane 
Oh yeah. And I, and every, just even conversation, like, of course I would love to have coffee with you in person, but it's like, we can have a virtual coffee every week if we wanted to, because neither of us have to take extra time out of our schedule to like drive there, get ready, actually do the coffee, go home. And it's just makes you a little bit more flexible, I think. Oh, totally. And I mean, like you said, would love to meet in person, but that's like a, it's leave. It's, thousands of dollars on flights from Australia to the US (laughs) like it's it's a whole thing so honestly the power of COVID and the influence it's had and the change that it's had on so much of life is really really interesting and I think beneficial in a lot of ways I always say there's been a lot of tragedy with everything that's happened people that have passed away from it and businesses that haven't made it through and all of that but I mean as a nine to five worker and someone who works in social media, it's just like, this has been a blessing. Yeah, I think it's been a blessing and a curse because I don't know for you, but for me, I have found that I definitely go through a bit of burnout a little bit more frequently because I oh, yeah. am a workaholic. I love to work and I have a very hard time not working. And when my workspace is my home, it's like... I just feel like, well, why wouldn't I? It's not like I feel like I have to. And I mean this in the sense of not my nine to five, but my entrepreneurial activities. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking in my free time, like it's seven o'clock and I'm like, oh, I can be relaxing. But then I'm like, oh, but I could be getting stuff done for my other stuff. Like I could be pitching right now or I could be chatting with another creative right now or posting something. And it's like, I find it so hard to just be like not doing anything. No, I'm totally the same. I've never been a person that can just shut off mm-hmm. or just relax even so I guess the days of pre-COVID I was always busy so I'd be at the office Monday to Friday and then I'd be doing a dinner or drinks or brunch or mm-hmm. going for a walk with a friend I'd be doing a million and one things and then went through COVID and lockdowns and that was like oh cool this is a hard stop that I needed to relax and learn how to chill out and now it's gone back to this sort of world of burnout where I'm like oh well I could be doing a LinkedIn post. Oh, I could be pitching to a brand. Oh, I could make a TikTok video. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, oh, I could be doing podcast stuff. Um, and it's just, I guess that's the the trap that I think a lot of people have fallen into, not just creators and not just entrepreneurs, but sort of anyone who has the ability to work from home or ha- does something from their phone or laptop, basically. So yeah, I've never struggled with burnout so hard than in the last two years. Yeah. I agree. So on that subject, kind of tell us a little bit about like your life as a creative and maybe some of the mental health hurdles that you've encountered or what are some things that you've done to make sure that you're setting healthy boundaries and like taking care of your mental health? I think my burnout and I guess the experience of being a creator and then struggling with burnout came from trying to do too much. So my first really bad case of burnout was sort of late 2021, probably somewhere like September, October. And I've struggled with mental health. I'm no stranger to seeing a therapist and having anxiety, but this is sort of probably the first time in a long time, if not ever, that I was like, oh, wow, getting out of bed is hard or everything is exhausting and overwhelming. And I think my sort of fall down or my breaking point was I was working full time. We just transitioned to being back in the office a little bit. I was, had just launched a podcast. We were recording and editing every week. I was creating posts uh, five times a week on LinkedIn. I just started TikTok. So I was creating probably like anywhere between four to 10 videos a day. I was then posting on Instagram as well because I was like, YOLO I'm going to become an influencer (laughs) and I just taken on too much and didn't really know where to stop and I guess my burnout was sort of a creative burnout I was hating posting on LinkedIn I was so uninspired posting on TikTok or seeing people who had posted and managed to grow 20,000 followers overnight I was like why can't I do that and it became this obsession with always needing to post because in my head it was okay well if I'm not posting that means I'm not growing and it became a really toxic relationship with posting and content and obsessing over followers and numbers that I got to a point where I literally just couldn't do anything anymore with work, with the podcast. And my mental health was just so bad. Yeah. And I guess to 
get through that once I sort of hit rock bottom because I was just I was burnt to a crisp like a little piece of burnt toast it was not a fun time I just had to take a step back I stopped posting on LinkedIn I stopped posting on TikTok for a bit and just spoke to my support network I checked in with my therapist I spoke to my manager at the time about it and just sort of realized okay to be able to get through this I need to just completely strip back start from ground zero basically and just sort of slowly build up again and what worked for me was realizing okay I don't want to get to this point again how did I get there cool tick 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 of all the things that I'd done wrong and then realize okay now I understand the the red flags or the warning signs let's not do that again and so I went into content with a refreshed mindset so instead of feeling like I had to post every single day on LinkedIn because that's how you grow I realized oh I'm better off posting when I want to or when I feel inspired and when it doesn't feel like hard work. And if I miss a day of posting, no big deal. That's fine. I did the same with TikTok. I was like, okay, I don't have to post every day, but I can post when I want to. And a lot of the things that I struggled with was I had to really stop comparing myself to other creators who were growing really fast or getting a lot of traction on posts or whatever it was and realize this is just wasted energy focusing on so much negativity, which was also then, I guess, fueling the bad mental health that I was having as a creative. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that you went through that. Um, I definitely relate a lot to what you said. Um, So would you say that now, I guess, you have a healthier relationship with doing all of your creative projects? Totally. I find a lot more joy in doing it now. I think when I first started when I first started TikTok, I think that's viewed as a more traditional influencer or creator platform similar to YouTube or Instagram. I put so much pressure on myself to want to be this famous influencer. I wanted a big following. I wanted to get hundreds of thousands of views on my videos. And once I realized chasing a follower goal or chasing arbitrary numbers didn't make me happy and I started viewing creative, creating content, not just in TikTok at this stage, but on Instagram and LinkedIn as well, I was like, oh, I enjoy creating content. Just do that. Do it for fun. Not because you want to become a famous influencer or you want to quit your nine to five. Um, Once I viewed it with that and that, I guess, um, more positive relationship with creating, it became a lot more fun. Um, So, yeah, definitely got a refreshed view. And I think that's really developed a lot for me probably in the last six, like probably from the start of 2022 up until sort of mid-year point become a lot more enjoyable and that's when I've seen my growth sort of to be more steady or to take off or whatever yeah I was gonna ask you do you think that your results on social media in terms of like numbers and growth but also your content you're putting out has improved since your mindset has shifted to more of a doing this for enjoyment rather than for numbers and growth perspective oh a hundred percent I I mean like the growth is great and I love you know, having a really big community is giving me basically my childhood dreams of being able to inspire people and have a voice. But what's more important to me is actually doing content because I love it. And I think when I first started, at least on LinkedIn, I was creating content for my job. I was working in sales. And so it was a way to find clients or promote myself as, um, I guess, a thought leader or authoritative in the space that then clients would think, oh, she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then once I started pivoting towards creating content I guess specifically on LinkedIn more for me and for things that I loved and less about doing it for the goal of selling or getting leads or finding clients I found that the growth was exponential but then also the content I was putting out I was a lot prouder of and this might sound funny but it was a lot easier to just write the post the content just kind Mm -hmm. of flowed as opposed to thinking oh what am I going to post about this week oh okay I'll talk about this you know new social media update or I'll talk about how clients can get the best out of blah and like that content was still stuff that I'm passionate about there's a reason I work in social media and digital marketing so it wasn't far removed from my interest but it was just not quite the way that I guess I wanted to be showing myself online and once I started being a little bit more open with mental health or talking about the struggles of burnout or even just, you know, being a more positive, inspiring person. That's just how I am in real life. Once I brought all of that into my content, both on TikTok and LinkedIn, it was like, oh, 
people resonate with this Mm -hmm. funny thought just being myself who would have thought it's hard and I feel like it's not even the fear it's just that I think it takes time to get comfortable with making content that really is true to you because I feel the same way where when I started doing my content I was doing a lot of the similar things that you were doing with like sharing social media tips and things that made me look like an expert and blah 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 but I hated it. I was not consistent and it was just not even fun for me to make. And I feel like I was having a hard time growing a good community because I think Mm -hmm. that viewers could see that. Like they could see I wasn't that into it and I was just making it for whatever because I thought that that's what I should do. And the second that I pivoted and started doing content that I liked to do, such as sharing about more of like the lifestyle side of being a creative or talking about networking and growing on LinkedIn or even just the new route that I've pivoted to with UGC, the content, like you said, it flows naturally. It's like, I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, I think that's the, my, like the exciting part about sort of discovering your voice in a way that I guess is authentic to you is it gets, exciting like oh, I've got this really awesome idea like oh I can't wait to share this because I know that my followers and my community are really going to benefit from it mm-hmm. that's I think the the joy that I had never realized could be possible in content creating but it's something that I'm like yes this is so exciting and for so many people they'd be like oh my god I do not want to post my life online what are you doing but I love it and now I feel just so excited every time I get to create because it's something that I find so much joy and passion and it doesn't feel like an obligation like a chore like a chore yeah and I think that it honestly mentally is less draining to do content creation and whatever it is that you do online in terms of being a creative whether it's your personal brand or whatever I think it's just it's like mentally when you're creating something you're not passionate about it's so draining and you burn out so much faster. And honestly, I felt like depressed (laughs) because I was like, I just don't feel like myself. I feel like I'm acting and putting on some facade for people. And I don't even know who this person is. And I don't really Mm -hmm. like this person. And then whenever I started putting out the content that I wanted to do and that I was always holding myself back, it mentally felt better I was like wow I'm actually feel like I'm being honest with people online about who I am and what I think and just I'm happier and more fulfilled by what I'm putting out Mm -hmm. even if nobody even cares about this I'm gonna feel happier putting this out than some freaking social media tips video just to go viral (laughs) oh yeah I totally agree and I think um because you and I are both in the social media world when I first started on LinkedIn uh not LinkedIn TikTok and I saw so many so many sort of social media managers or social media gurus and they would go viral and there were a few that were kind of that top tier and I thought oh okay well if what I'm posting isn't working you know I'm not getting a lot of followers maybe I should try that and I even created a whole separate account I don't remember really and I was like cool I guess I guess maybe I'll try this whole social media tips thing and I never posted to it because I I just didn't want to do that I didn't want to start a social media management course or you know sign up here to get my tips pay for blah 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 like I just realized I didn't have the passion in that and so yeah never did it tried a few videos in my main account and I was like this just it feels fake it's not who I am I'm not the person who's going to be like quit your job and you could be like me and it's just like no, I like my job. I like working my nine to five, which is probably mm-hmm. an unpopular opinion, at Me least too. in the, you know, in the micro influencer social media world. There's so many gurus. I, I say gurus very loosely, people out there on TikTok who are like, oh, I hated my nine to five. So I became an influencer. It's so easy. Or I quit my nine to five and started being a social media manager. And now I do it for Nike and Urban Outfitters. And it's just like, it that works for maybe the one percent but for most people it's not that easy or people are like oh I'll quit my job and become an influencer and then most people are not going to be that one percent that breakthrough get the big brand deals and can support themselves but I don't know I obviously have a a big issue with it um oh I mean but yeah (laughs) I talk with that about (laughs) a lot like honestly that comes up I think in almost every single 
chat I have with creators because I think a lot of those videos are what fuels the imposter syndrome because people are so mentally drained and damaged when they try to go into social media or content creation or influencing because they're like why am I not growing this fast why am I not getting why am I not able to get quit my job after a month and it's like because that's only like one percent of people that actually do it that quickly it's not for everybody and it takes time you will be able to do it but I just feel bad whenever I see people I guess fall into that trap because I'm like oh like it's not gonna be it's not gonna happen in a month and I mean I could be wrong underestimating that person but it's just like it comes from a place of care of like you should keep your income while you have it so that this is more enjoyable for you it's not so much pressure as soon as you start and then as you grow if you feel comfortable to make that leap go for it but at least you had some type of support so that you're not feeling so mentally burnt out because you're like the weight of my life depends on my income which is dependent on this influencing or social media management gig that I literally just started Mm. I know I could not agree with you more like you put it so well and it's just this there's just weird rise of the micro influencer which I think is really being fueled by Gen Z and TikTok of everyone thinking oh it's so easy just to quit your job and work and you know as a creator work full-time as an influencer get free products take pretty pictures and people see the glamorous side of it they think oh that's so easy I'm gonna do that and it's just so many people don't realize how hard it is or how many people, I mean, thousands of people now are just like, oh, I'm going to become an influencer. And it's just, it's almost killed the meaning of influencer or having influence. And it's just become, I don't know, not, it's not special anymore, but it's just so many people think it's so easy. And it's just, I've been creating on the side for what, a year now, a year and a bit. And it is not easy. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's hard on your mental health. And like you said, some people are an overnight success. Other people will will never quite hit enough success. And I say this realistically, that they can quit their nine to five. It's just not going to happen for some people. And I I don't mean to sound super negative or pessimistic, but it's more just a reality that there's a reason that there's only so many people that hit 10 million YouTube subscribers or get verified on Instagram. It's just, I guess, a balance of the ecosystem. But it just breaks my heart seeing so many of these people who are quite naive, I guess, are quite young thinking, oh, well, I made it as an influencer. Let me just preach as a 20-year-old and say, I'm an influencer, you can be an influencer. And I'm all for people chasing their dreams. And if they really want to do it, work hard, and I'm sure you'll find that success. But I just feel sad for the people that kind of fall into this trap of thinking, oh, well, all I have to do is be skinny and pretty and blonde and I'll be famous and live my best life. And it's just, mm-hmm. you see the reality of being a creator or being a full-time influencer and you see the toll that it takes on them. Um, and it's just, I mean, you and I have spoken about Alicia Marie from Love Pretty her. Basic. Yes. Love. She's one of the like founding queens of influencing as an OG YouTuber. Oh, yeah who's been in the limelight for 10 plus years and you can just see how exhausting it is, the burnout, the stress, the expectation to always have to film something or one-up yourself because you did so great last year. How do you do better this year? Mm -hmm. And it's just, I I think a lot of these, this younger generation coming up and having access to things like Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, which is just natural for them. They're like, oh, I could get a blue tick and be famous and get paid to live in a mansion and go on brand trips and live my best life, which looks great because people want it to look great with the highlight reel, but it's just, there's a lot more that goes into it. And I don't know. I think, I think a lot of this new generation are just missing that or they think, Oh, I don't need to go to uni and work hard for a job because that's just not a conventional path for me. I'm just going to take photos and take videos and make it seem easy, but like creating is hard. Well, I think something that I've noticed in talking to people that aspire to do work in social media is there's a lack of understanding of what the job actually is. Like influencing is a job. It's not just fun. It's a fun job, but it's also has a lot of dark sides to it, which most Mm. jobs do, but nobody talks about the ones that look good. 
So like, I don't know. I think that's a very common thing that happens with other jobs that look fun outside of just social media and content. But I think like the biggest difference that I can see in the people that have that long career, whether they have a million followers or a couple thousand for years, it's Mm -hmm. because they love it. They love doing creation. They love content. They love social media. They love that stuff. If you're doing it for an external reason, it's going to be very draining, very mentally challenging, and it's probably going to be hard to stick with. Like, just because you see somebody doing influencing or social media management online, you don't have to do it. Like, don't feel nice. pressured into doing it because it's like, oh, it looks like they're having a great time and and they're not working as much and making all that money. But it's like, yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> That's the point. Like, it looks like I it, know. but they are working really hard. They wouldn't be where they are if they weren't working really hard. And you can do that too, but it's understanding that, honestly, being a creator in the beginning stages you're working like 12 to 16 hour days. Maybe that's just me, but I I don't know. I've talked to a lot of other people in similar positions that also do the same thing because you're trying every possible way to one, figure out your voice, find your brand, yeah. find brands you want to work with, even figure out what your niche is and what exactly it is you want to do. And then once mm-hmm. you do that, you're working hard to build connections with people, figure out, okay, what other um, brands can I build on top of this to make sure that I'm growing and sustainable? What more can I do? And there's a lot more to it. So it's like, if you want to do something in social media, do it, but make sure you understand it first, because if not, it might not be turning out to what you expected it to be. And then mentally, it's going to be very draining. Oh, a hundred percent. I don't think people see the dark side to creating because of this trope of the highlight reel and everything looking so glamorous, which is something that you and I speak about quite honestly is like, Hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It can be hard. Or like you said, it's 12 to 15 hour days or it's balancing work. And then after hours it's filming and content, it's editing, it's emailing brands or on your lunch break, it's filming and shooting something because it's due to a brand that day. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so exhausting. And power to the people that can somehow make it work and still sleep and see friends and not get burnt out but far out it is hard to balance all of that Mm -hmm. and I think it's also because there's not a ton of years of experience and mentorship from others that we can learn from so for example you and I kind of are in that age where we have like the top YouTubers like Alicia Marie to look up to and be like, okay, she's been doing this for 14 years. What can I learn from her? Like how, how can I not make the same mistakes that she's made? How can I do some of the things she's done to grow? I can Mm -hmm. use her as some sort of mentor or example or guidance of what to do. But it's also important to note that she's still figuring that out because she like it's still a new industry and like she may have people she looks up to I'm not I'm not sure I've never talked to her but like there's <laughs> not years and years and years of like experience or books or insight onto people that have done this career for their entire life aside from maybe like actresses and actors and movie yeah. producers and things like that but even your job as a social media creative is a lot different than a movie producer so I think that we're all still learning So when you get into this, it's like, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I started my career in social media, I had no idea what I was in for. And I'm not complaining by any means. Like I love, I wouldn't be doing anything else. And like, I would do this, like if I could choose to do any job in the world, it would be what I'm doing, but it doesn't, I don't know. I guess I just get turned off when people get mad that creatives complain about their job, but I'm like, why can everyone else complain about their job? I can't complain about mine. Like... I'm allowed to complain about mine too. Oh no, 100%. And I'm so there with you because I love working in social media. I love also doing creative stuff on the side. And I think it's really fun, but it's also like I'm basically working two jobs plus Mm -hmm. doing a podcast plus every, you know, trying to find time for everything else. And other people are like, oh, you're an influencer. Oh, boohoo, life is hard. It's like, 
mad respect to the people that do influencing full-time especially like the people like lord diy or alicia marie who have been around for 10 15 years on the internet you don't see how hard it is to film or edit or plan out videos or content ideas and continually evolve and stay fresh and i guess this idea of making it look effortless that requires a whole suite of planning and organization and i think for us working social we can respect and understand like yeah it's it's freaking hard to be a creator or be an influencer so i get it because i've been on both sides of sourcing influencers and then i guess working with brands myself and then you see people who are completely out of marketing social media they're like social media is not a real job influencing easy you don't have any work ethic and it's just like no they're some of the hardest working people they're Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs like they are their own business and they have to do so much and it's so sad seeing so many people i guess especially a lot of the older generation who didn't grow up with influencers they're like oh you just take pictures of yourself that's not a job you don't know what hard work is and it's just like enraging because influencing and the creator economy is oh as a job or as a career is very fresh as you said but it's also i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon i think it's going to be almost sort of a mainstream job for a lot of people moving forward so like love that there are so many people becoming creators and influencers and supporting themselves that way i think it's really pivotal to brand marketing as well working with influencers but it's just I think it's going to be a long time before people accept it as a normal job, like mm-hmm. or a normal career path, like becoming a lawyer or becoming a doctor or becoming a nurse. Those are very accepted ex- things. You go to uni for it, you get a job. Awesome. But I think it's going to be a while before becoming an influencer is uh, like, oh, yeah, that's my career path. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And that's why I love to have these conversations on my platforms about just like, the lifestyle of it, not because I want to focus on negative things, because I never want to seem like, oh, don't go into social media or don't go into influencing. It's so hard, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm saying it for the reason of I have spoken to a lot of people that have got into this and had no idea what to expect. And it was a lot. And I was also someone that got into this and didn't know what to expect. And it was a lot. And I just wish that I would have known some of these things. So I could have taken some proper steps to take care of myself mentally with this job. One of those things being aware that not only does it have mental effects, it can have physical effects. For example, I used to get a lot of brain fog, like ridiculous brain fog. I would just feel nauseous all the time, just horrible. And I had no idea why until I discovered that excessive screen time can cause that physically. And then I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be getting outside more. So I realized like, okay, even though I'm not really like a fitness girl, I don't really like to work out or, you know, do those things every day. I need to at least go on a walk like once a day or step away from my computer, not because I think it's the right thing to do to take a break, but because physically and mentally, I'm, I can't, I'm going to damage my health if I'm not doing those things. So just curious, have you experienced, like what types of like physical or mental effects of being a creator have you experienced good or bad? um, And how have you kind of combated those? I don't know if I've had as intense physical aversions or physical reactions sort of as intense as you have. I definitely find myself getting eye strain or mm-hmm. my hand starts cramping because I've been scrolling for too long or holding my phone for too long. Um, but I haven't had, I guess, the headaches or the mind fog, which I'm thankful for, but obviously now I'm going to be very aware of my screen <laughs> time. So thanks for the reminder. <laughs> but I think, I think for me, it's been a lot more mental strain. I've had a few posts across LinkedIn and TikTok that's, I guess, landed on the wrong side or was not interpreted in the way that I expected them to be, which was then met with an abundance of backlash and trolls and hate comments, which I, for the people that do know me, I'm a very non-controversial person. I don't like controversy. I'm very neutral. I try and stay very positive about things and really just hate conflict. And when I started receiving these hate comments or trolls or DMs, I was so overwhelmed. And I am the kind of person, there can be 
a hundred kind of positive comments. If there's one bad comment, I will fixate on that, which <laughs> is then what spirals my mental health. It makes me really anxious. It makes me doubt myself. I had a post a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn that got hundreds of negative comments, which were balanced with hundreds and hundreds of positive comments. Like it was like 95% positive. And yet I still spent hours scrolling, responding and reading all of the negative ones and letting that take over my mind and fuel my doubts and think, you know what, maybe LinkedIn and creating isn't for me. And I literally sat in the fence for a while of, should I quit creating? Am I really just worthless or am I not, you know, am I really just useless or attention seeking or whatever names I was being called? And so it really damaged my, my mental health and it made me sad and depressed and anxious and I guess just really unhappy and have a very negative perception of creating. So that's the reality, I guess, of creating that you can't please everyone. And I think the bigger your following gets or the bigger your audience gets, the more open you become, I guess, or the more people that you're exposed to that aren't going to like you. And you could be the kindest person in the world saying nothing wrong, nothing polarizing, just existing. And someone will still find something to hate about you or to call you out on. And for them, these keyboard warriors, it's 10 seconds of their life to go type, 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 enter, keep scrolling. And then I don't think these people realize the effect it can have on the recipient or the creator, the influencer, because for them, they're like, oh, Jane from, I don't know, Florida said that I'm an attention seeker. Oh, maybe I am. It's like, I don't know Jane from Florida, never met her. My best friend is telling me, hey, you're amazing. That is what matters. And so I think to get through that sort of negativity or the negative impact it's had, at least on my mental health, I've had to really sort of take a step back, log out from social media, take a break from posting and just indulge in things that make me happy. It's talking to my support network. It's reading all of the positive and realizing that that is true, not the negative. It's sort of reassessing, okay, maybe I can use this as good feedback and think, oh, how can I make my content even better? And just sort of trying to focus on the reality as opposed to letting all of these random people that are just having a bad day, letting them impact me when their words really mean nothing. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the struggle, I think, when you're doing a personal brand with social media is your the the hate or the negative feedback that you receive is often based on you as a person and not your work. Like for example, in other jobs, you might get feedback or negative feedback um, based off of your performance on a task. And that was just how well did you do that task? Now for social media, you're posting something about you and your life and people are being negative about you and your life, whether they know you well or not. And mm-hmm. that can get in your head and that can hurt because you're like, oh, they they commented on my physical appearance and I can't change that. That's just how I look. Or yeah. I posted how I think about something and they're being rude about it. And now I'm questioning my own values and beliefs. And I think, like you said, that's why it's so important to have like a good support system, good friends, good online community, like partner, parents, like everything to just really be able to chat with you and let you like vent about those things and be able to remind you who you are as a person. And um, I remember whenever this happened, me and you chatted about this on like a virtual coffee. And Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like, if any of those people actually took the time to have even a 10 minute conversation with you they would never be saying any of these things because you are such a nice person. And it's just like, it's so sad that people just like, and you're not the only person this has happened to. This happens to people every day. And it's so sad because it's like all these people just go online and rip these really good people apart. And it's like, it's just sad. And I think like me and you were talking about it. And I was like, you just kind of have to remember, like, think about the type of people that are actually taking the time out of their day and have the time out of their day to write something rude to someone else that they know is going to hurt them on social media. It's like you could be doing anything else with your time and that's what you're doing. I'm sorry. I don't think highly of you as a person if that's how you're spending your time. A hundred percent. They're just they're just internet bullies and like Mm -hmm. do you have nothing better to do with your life than Mm -hmm. tear down some 20 year old from australia or like whoever it is that's the recipient of these comments just like 
Wow, that's just sad. It is sad. I remember on my <laughs> on my personal TikTok, I was never going to like talk about this because I'm like, I have PTSD and I don't want people <laughs> to like come for me about this again. But I think it's important while we're having like an open conversation about like mental health with creatives on my personal TikTok. This was before I really knew what I wanted my niche to be at all. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to post random things and see what happens. So I have been getting my eyebrows done at the Ulta Benefit Brow Bar for years. And it's the only place that I've ever felt like when I leave there, I feel confident with how my eyebrows look because my eyebrows have always been an extremely big insecurity of mine. I used to get picked on for my eyebrows, like just lots of uh, insecurity in that realm because they grow funny. So when I go to Ulta, they always style them, they trim them nice. And I think that they do a good job. So- Mm -hmm. I posted a TikTok after I got them done and I was all excited and I was like, guys, you need to go to the brow bar if you've never went there to get your eyebrows done. They do such a good job. I love them. And I went to sleep and I woke up the next day to that video going like semi-viral and so many people commenting girl what are you talking about those look like shit you need to go get oh. those redone like whoever did those boss your eyebrows like why oh would you God. even say those look good like are, are you blind you can't see how uneven they are like you need those fixed and I cried my eyes out I was so upset oh I was like how are all of these like random people just saying these mean things about me because I'm like this is on my face like what (laughs) like what do you want me to do walk in there and be like hey all these people from TikTok said you made me look like shit can you fix these and the the way that my eyebrows grew or grow that's just how they are I've always got them done that way so then I remember like I was messaging my friends and I was like do my eyebrows look bad are you guys just not telling me like can you be honest should I go get them fixed like do I look ugly and they were all like what are you talking about like you look fine like they're fine like people or just mean and I deleted it because I was so embarrassed and I remember being like terrified to post anything on TikTok after that for like a while and even now sometimes I get like nervous sometimes that I'm gonna wake up in the morning and just have like all these mean comments about something and I'm like I don't know like I was just kind of like why like why would you write something like that to someone that you don't even know and not even think like that that's gonna like hurt because like I think it's one thing if I was like asking for people's opinions and like hey do you guys think these look good but it's like I didn't ask for anyone's opinion or critique I was just saying hey I'm really excited and I like the way these look if you guys need somewhere new to go get your eyebrows done you should go and then people took that as an opportunity to just like shit on me so I would just say yeah and luckily nothing like that has happened since then but I'm glad even though like it was like random people that I don't even know and I know that their opinions aren't don't even mean anything and I remember even thinking like should I comment and tell all of them to show me their eyebrows because they better be perfect if they're (laughs) commenting on mine and then I just remembered like (laughs) I remember thinking like okay all of these people are just hopping on this train because they see other people doing it so they're feeling more encouraged and more hyped up to comment something because they see that other people are going to agree with them and all these people don't even know me they're taking the time other day to just be mean for no reason about literal eyebrows like hair that grows on your face like who cares and I'm not gonna let all of these random people take away my confidence to pursue something that I really want to do like I'm not like an insecure person that's going to go online (laughs) and rip people apart like for something that they have that I'm I don't have because I'm insecure and I'm going to be make them feel bad it's like no they have something I don't have but like that's no reason to make them feel bad or like bring them down like some people just want to watch the world burn like that's it and it's sad it's so sad 100 percent God, that's awful. I'm so sorry you went through that, but you have <laughs> fantastic eyebrows and you are a queen. So. Thank you. Yeah, it's okay now, but I just, because whenever I centered myself, I was like, okay, they're just eyebrows. Like, 
who cares? But I think it's what you said. Like, it's important to remember. It's like, you might, like, I had maybe a couple people comment, like, no, they look really good. They look so pretty, blah, blah. But all I could see was those negative comments. Right. And it hurt so much because it's like, okay, nobody was commenting and saying, I edited the video bad or I, my caption wasn't engaging. People were Mm -hmm. saying something about my face. (laughs) And it's like, that's, that's where I feel like sometimes the creative jobs differ from a traditional nine to five because even though yeah there definitely are nine to five jobs that people get shit on for the person that they are I think it's a lot more frequent whenever you're doing like personal branding and a creative job and it's so much more personal because people are like oh you look ugly oh Mm -hmm. I don't like the way you dress and it's like how how am I meant to change what my hair looks like or eyebrows it's just like oh I'm sorry I'm short like why does that offend you? And it yeah. becomes so, it just really gets under your skin. And I think a lot of people don't realize how tough and thick skinned and mentally strong influencers have to be because there is always going to be, you get rid of one hater, there will be another one rolling right there and be like, cool, my turn to tell her she looks ugly or I don't like her style or, oh, her voice sounds weird. It's just like, why do something better with your life stop tearing down strangers online well I also think too and not that I'm any person to tell anybody how they need to live their life but something that I've noticed is if I personally think something mean about someone like if I catch myself judging them or thinking something rude more often than not it's because I have an insecurity that I need to deal with and I'm projecting (laughs) So mm-hmm. if you're thinking that about someone else or you're thinking like about just making a comment or you're even just silently being like super shitty in your head about someone or something, someone, something that someone is doing, try and like connect with yourself and think to yourself, like, why does that bother me? And like, why am I going to take the extra step to tell them about it? Because 100%. what is that going to do? Just make them feel bad. It's not going to achieve much good. That is for sure. No. And obviously we're discussing like, you know, situations that we've already talked about, not serious things that obviously mm-hmm. people should be called out for, but just wanted oh, to yeah. make a disclaimer for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on a positive note, what are some good things mentally that you feel like you've gained as a creative? I think one of the biggest things, and I actually did a post on this on LinkedIn recently, was realizing that what I set out to do is actually becoming a reality. It's seeing people feeling inspired or that they feel empowered because I'm speaking on a topic that is often taboo or a lot of people might think, oh, I'm the only one that's being objectified or being harassed online or bullied or whatever it is. And then people commenting or DMing me and being like, oh, thank you so much. I really needed to hear that today. Or you've inspired me to do xyz and it's that's all i've ever wanted to do is make someone's day better or inspire someone to be the best selves um or stand up for themselves or find their voice or whatever it is that's what i wanted to do and so one of the greatest things that i can see is people in the comment section of the dms being like oh well this is my experience of this blah 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 and i'm so thankful that you spoke about at it spoke about it because now I have the confidence to speak about it too. Or, wow, I thought I was the only person that went through something like this and struggled. Or just normalizing things, such as having anxiety or burnout or anything with mental health. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the greatest thing that's come out of it. And then I guess second to that is probably the people that I've met. I think it's been incredible to find a sea of people from around the world that also really understand what it's like to be an influencer or to be a creator or to work in social media because I think as an outsider you can no longer say yes I understand but you'll never truly get it unless you're in it really thick like you and I are and being able to meet people that are exactly the same sense of career path or get the hate comments or understand the stress of trying to create or reach out to brands it's like oh I found my tribe and it's just so exciting yeah I totally agree I think for me it's been very similar with the connection to other creatives like even with people like you that it's like wow like I if I wasn't doing this job we would have never met and like I just feel like you're somebody I can really talk to you I can relate to you we can chat about things and have a long-term 
friendship, you know, and that's great. And I think that the other thing is just finding my passion and finding what I love to do. I don't know about you, Mm -hmm. but um, it sounds like we were both in the YouTube era back in the day. And (laughs) I remember like, just being obsessed with YouTube videos. I was obsessed with them. I wanted to make them. I even did make them for a little bit. And then I took them down. Really? (laughs) I got bullied. And so I was like, this is too much. Yeah, I I was so self-conscious about it and I was like oh people are definitely making fun of me and then I stopped and I'm like pissed at myself for doing it um but I regret I regret that too I'm like I wish I just kept at it me too I like just I look back and I feel like this should be a whole separate episode of just like advice that I would give to my younger self and if I could give advice to like my you know high school or middle school self it would be that literally nobody's opinion matters who cares like just do what you want to do because honestly everybody only cares about themselves anyway like nobody actually cares that much about what you do and if they do then like that's just sad that what you're doing is bothering them that much you creating a youtube video is a reason for them to bully you like that's just sad so I think for me, just finally putting myself out there and pursuing social media and deciding it was what I wanted to do really helped me just to find my passions and what I'm doing and find something that like I can truly work if realistically I really wanted to without burnout, without any of those health factors (laughs) to worry about. I could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week and be happy. I love that. I love that for both of us. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm so glad that we both found this social creator world and, and connect with each other. I know. So do you want to end with telling the viewers a little bit about like what you create, what your content is and how they can connect with you outside of the podcast? Of course. So I create content on LinkedIn, TikTok and Instagram. So you can find me in all three of those on LinkedIn, I talk a little bit more about personal branding, social media, and I guess mental health, probably sort of my main things. I talk a lot about that and I'm probably my most vulnerable or authentic on, not authentic, most vulnerable and open on LinkedIn, which is a bit ironic because it's a professional platform, but Hmm. I love it. I probably post there the most. And then on TikTok and Instagram, I'm at Rosie Chong, same handle for both nice and easy and I posted a little bit more about sort of day in the life vlogs lifestyle stuff and a lot more about fashion which is a little bit random compared to what I do on LinkedIn but it's just another thing that I really enjoy output of the day shopping vlogs day in the life of working in social media um so yeah you can keep up with me there yeah Rosie's content is great and I think that you do a really good job at connecting the dots between being a social media strategist a creator an influencer but also a human being and you really really inspire and make it easy for people to connect with you and get to know you so good job to you and to everyone else make sure you definitely connect with Rosie and check out her content because it's amazing oh my gosh you're so nice thank you (laughs) and also listen to her podcast you want to plug your podcast again why not? So once you're done listening to Alex's, you can jump over and listen to mine and my friend's fellas called It's a Definite Maybe. And we talk about all things in life that don't really have a one size fits all approach. Nice. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this. And thank you so much for being vulnerable and open and sharing just your journey with mental health as a creative. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.